Welcome to the Invested Dads Podcast, simplifying financial topics so that you can take action and make your financial situation better, helping you to understand the current world of financial planning and investments. Here are your hosts, Josh Robb and Austin Wilson. All right. Hey, hey, hey. Welcome back to the Invested Dads Podcast, the podcast where we take you on a journey to better your financial future. I am Austin Wilson, research analyst at Hicks and Zerker Capital Management. And I'm Josh Robb, Director of Wealth Management, also at Hicks and Zerker Capital Management. Austin, how can people help us grow this podcast? Yeah, we would love it if you would subscribe. If you're not subscribed, so you get new episodes when they come out each and every Thursday. And we'd love it if you'd leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever platform you listen to. Please leave us a review. We would love to hear from you. So yes. today, I don't know if anyone else has seen, but it's making headlines. Yes. Recently, yep, this little bit we've ago. seen... The Mega Millions lottery get over one billion with a B with a B dollars, and there was a lucky winner in Illinois, I believe. There was. Yeah, this is an episode that we're going to frame as a follow up because earlier in 2022 we did an episode talking about lump sums and some options you had with those and some thinking we had. Well, let's talk about that a little bit more today and maybe talk about some of the pros and cons and pitfalls and other thoughts we have if you were to be the lucky winner and yes. get your billion dollars because that's quite the windfall. Yes. Now, the odds of winning the lottery are like one in 300 and some million. Probably worse than that. Right? I think it's like 300 million, one in 300 million. And the question is then, why do you care? Chances are pretty small. Well, a lot of people may experience through other avenues, some form of lump sum received, whether it's an inheritance, maybe severance package from leaving an employer, whether it's a lawsuit payout. There's all different ways you could receive a lump sum. So you don't have to just win the lottery for it. In that last episode, Austin was talking about, we talked a lot about the investing piece, dollar cost averaging, putting it in right away, which one's better historically. But today we're going to talk about what are the other impacts of receiving a good chunk of money? Right. And so the first one I can think of is taxes, right? So if you get a big chunk of money, depending on state taxes, Dallas Dallas taxes. taxes. Yes. Uh, So (laughs) if you, depending on how you get it, there are different tax impacts. Right. So if you win the lottery, for instance, oh boy, here's uh, the numbers. You owe taxes on that one, right? It's going to be income to you and you're going to pay income tax. A lot. State and federal. Of taxes. You will pay a lot. So, you know, that billion dollar winner, now that's the annuities dollar amount, the lump sum's less. We don't have to get into all that, but it was still like $700 million or whatever. So yeah. that puts you in the highest tax bracket, By a unfortunately. Yeah. So yeah, you're paying you're paying high tax on that. State, federal, you're probably looking at close to 40% oh, yeah. when you add it all together. We should also probably clarify that though we're using the lottery as an example, we are not condoning yes. gambling or lottery buying of any sort. In fact, I've never actually bought a lottery ticket. Go. I'm not saying it's bad if you do, but we're not condoning that and generally speaking, because of the odds, it should never be viewed as an investment. Yep. Maybe not Stick the with the 50-50 thing. draft because you have <laughs> the 50-50 chance. Yeah. It means you have a 50% chance, right? Isn't that what they mean? <laughs> That's of course like what Every time means. I buy it, there's a 50% and chance. You lose most of the time. So how's that know. work? What's well, happening? But just a little in, clarification yeah. to say we're not condoning yep. the lottery. Yep. So on the same side of that would be severance from working. Those type of things will also be considered income. Any yeah. f- any lump sum you receive that gets flown through your tax return as income, you're going to owe taxes on that. On the reverse side, depending on how you get it, but a lot of inheritance will be tax-free to you because the estate pays those taxes. Right. From a tax standpoint, if you receive some inheritance, you may not have to worry about taxes at that moment. But depending on what happens going forward, 
whether it's in an IRA or it's in taxable account, you may owe taxes in the future. When you get a lump sum, be tax aware. How does this impact me? For instance, if I get a lump sum and let's say it was settlement for an issue and I get a chunk of money, I may have to relook at changing my estimated payments or my withholdings because now all of a sudden I may have jumped a tax bracket and I'm not withholding enough for my other forms of income. So there's just things you have to look at from a tax standpoint when you're getting a lump sum of money. And if you were to come into that, probably one of the best people to talk to right away is your CPA. Yes. Anytime you're going to get a chunk of money, talk to your accountant and say, what do I need to be aware of? What should I be doing? Setting some money aside, making sure it's not all tied up when taxes are due. Yes, definitely. So another thing that if you trip across some lumps... Mm -hmm. You probably should go to the doctor. Yes. Lump sums. Some lumps. Yes. So, yes. But anyway, so that's taxes. What is another impact we need to think of yep. when we're saying, hey, lump sum here, big chunk of money I wasn't expecting. Another component, go. Estates. What does uh, my yeah. estate planning look like? Because this will so change it. It will. It could potentially. Again, if it's big enough. You know, if we're looking more realistically at severance, inheritance, things like that, it may not make it so you're quitting your job and not doing anything. But you want to make sure that if something were to happen to you, this new asset is going to be passed on the way you want it to. Right. Going back to the inheritance, if I receive these new accounts, I'm going to need to assign a beneficiary to these accounts or make sure that my will adequately reflects that these type of accounts will be passed on directly. From an estate planning, this new lump sum of something comes in. I want to make sure if something were to happen to me that it continues on. I don't want it just being passed to the random person that I don't know based on However, the court decides that's not ideal. So from an estate planning standpoint, make sure that those line up. Or maybe it's an adjustment to say, hey, you know what? I was going to be giving it this way, but now I have more. I may want to include some charities into my estate planning and you can start working through that. While you're calling your CPA, maybe after you hang up with them, call your attorney or whoever does your estate planning. Again, the Mega Millions hundreds of millions of dollars. That's a whole nother aspect. If you look more realistically, even receiving a car or house from an estate, Mm -hmm. that changes things and you want to make sure it's lined up correctly. So that's kind of what we're looking at here when this lump sum comes in. Yeah. With that, we got our attorney, we got our CPA taken care of. Yeah, that's two of the three big hitters. What else do I need to do? Well, the financial planner (laughs) needs to be there. So then that comes to, all right, What are some of the pitfalls that we've seen, that I've seen as a financial advisor, is sometimes when you receive a big chunk of money, you then start looking at your like uh, bucket list and saying, oh man, look at some of the things I can do now. Right. And you may spend some of that lump sum and quickly get into a higher cost of living Mm -hmm. and get comfortable living a little bit higher than you can afford long term. Because once that lump sum is gone and you're used to a higher standard of living, it's a little harder to go back down. And right. so you do need to be careful. Again, we're talking more realistic that you know if you got an inheritance and maybe it was a $50,000 inheritance, which is great. And it's not necessarily life-changing money forever. But if you start upping some of the things you're doing or going out and buying cars and things like that, mm-hmm. then the money's gone, but you still have all these payments. It gets a little hard. One of the biggest pitfalls I have to see is that getting a big chunk of money you start doing things and the money doesn't quite go as far as you think it's going right. to. And that's huge. This makes me think. Yes. Okay, so I'm going to put a caveat okay. to Apple Podcasts or whoever might try and flag this. I'm not saying a bad word. Okay. There's a TV show called yes. Shits Creek. Okay. S-C-H-I-T-T. Yes. Yeah. It's the Maybe town. there's one T. It's the name it's of the town. It's a town, people. Yeah. 
Don't flag me as explicit. Don't, don't flag. So in that show, there's a waitress mm-hmm. at the diner named Twyla. All right. Twyla's a waitress at the diner. She, the entire series for like six seasons, doesn't appear to have a dime because mm-hmm. she's a waitress, right? Yes. It comes out in the last episode. No, spoiler. Hang on. Spoiler. Yeah. If, yeah, if you don't want yeah, if you don't want to. I haven't watched that show because that was a bad this, word, but now I guess I can watch right. it. Okay. It's a name of a town. Josh. Okay. I got it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that she had won the lottery. Oh, wow. And so she actually had a crap ton of money. Yep. And actually what she did, she lived very modestly. And so no one thought she had won the lottery or done mm-hmm. anything. So she's actually, you know, kind of done it right. Yes. But she actually ended up buying the diner where uh-huh. she worked. There you go. That was her one big thing mm-hmm. at the end. She didn't do it till the end. Till the end. So, so she'd been sitting on all this money for years and years. Yep. So anyway, that's what this makes me think of. So don't flag me as explicit. It's a TV show based TV on a show. town name. Okay. Okay. But you're right. And let me come back to say, I don't have a problem as a financial advisor of you utilizing a uh, lump sum to do some fun stuff with. But you have to have a plan. You, oh, yeah. you have to understand how that fits in your overall picture. The people if who you go are, in with no plan, woo. that's a problem. But if you are, let's say, behind on your retirement where you need to be, then spending all that and not helping catch you back up is not a great long-term solution. But there's a lot of people, in fact, more often than not, I'm encouraging them to spend some of the money to enjoy it because that would be a lot of times what that person had intended. You know, they're right. giving this money as an inheritance, for an example, and the goal would be, hey, I want you to use this, enjoy this. And yeah. if sometimes they're like, well, I'm afraid to spend it, I just want to sit in the account and it just sits there. Like, well, what's the purpose? I don't know. I just, I don't know if it would feel good spending it. Well, I don't think they just gave you the money to look <laughs> at it, you know. Right. So it's, there's a balance there between spending it and enjoying it and utilizing it for a long-term plan. And I think you got to find that balance between the two. Yeah. Like if you've got, like what you would tell someone is if you've got all the boxes checked, yep, it's okay to spend your money or in moderation, do yeah. a little bit of both, right? Like help fill a little bit. And even if it does get you all the way there, you're closer and use a little bit and enjoy it now or pay off some of those debts or whatever it is that gets you happy with where you're at. So Josh, yes. I have a dad joke of the week I need for a dad you. joke. And then I, yes. I have a great question. Okay. You. This is from my terribly good dad joke book my wife Ooh, got me yes, a long go. time ago. Why did the dad stay home after eating seafood? Oh man, why would he, why would you stay home after eating seafood? Cuz he felt a little eel. Eel. He oh, felt man. a little eel. Eel. Which is a delicious sushi. Okay. I'll That's take good. your word for it. Okay, so my question for yes. you Josh yes. is mm-hmm. Say you did not go out and buy a lottery ticket. Someone mm-hmm. gave you the lottery yes. ticket. And this lottery ticket won. Yes. Say the lump sum amount was $700,000. So after taxes, you're well set. Yes. It's a half a billion dollars or yep. whatever at yep. the end of the day. What would you do? With $500 million? With $500 million. You know, I would probably invest the money. And my wife always laughs. She's like, boring. <laughs> you know, that's the, the boring response. And then set up a distribution plan with 500 million you could live off of the interest and dividends and be not only comfortable but finding ways to give that money away you couldn't give it away fast oh, geez, enough. yeah and that was part of what i was saying you know if you get that lump sum it gives you that ability to look outward you know at 500 million dollars your finances are set now you can start being an impact to others charities that you like causes that you're passionate mm-hmm. about and i think that's where the enjoyment would come from for me is finding those opportunities to enhance other people or other causes. That's what I would be doing. 
and you just kind of set aside and say, I just, just a little bit of that income earning and I'm good. So if the Invested Dads podcast all of a sudden is just the Austin show, huge. then that's that's because Josh is all set. Yeah. With but that's the other thing billion. is, if you like what you're doing, I don't see why you'd right. quit. You know? Just because you have a lot of money, I would still want to be doing something to help people. And that's right. what I'm doing right now, and I enjoy it. What would I splurge on? Ooh. That's the second question. I'm yeah, because I'm going to swing that back to you. Okay. I just told you moderation. So if you're talking lottery, you got to be careful not letting people know because there's some crazy people out there. <laughs> yeah. So you have to be careful with your splurging, in my opinion, yeah. on that. But let's just say I have extra money in for whatever reason, but I can spend it and it's not going to cause safety concerns for the rest of my family. Okay. Yep. So I just have money and I have extra. I think a splurge for me would be having a vacation home near water, lake or something. Because that would be fun. That would be where I'd be at. Yeah. Kids, it's all about memories, spending time. But the other one, and this is kind of like an outlet, this is more a bucket list thing because I think I could still do it either way, whether I get a bunch of money or don't, is my grandpa had his pilot's license and mm. used to fly. Oh, yeah. And unfortunately, I never got to fly with him because by the time I was grown, he had stopped flying. Right. And so it's always been on my bucket list to get my pilot's license. I've done nothing towards that and don't plan to with how busy I am with oh, the yeah. kids and everything. But down the road, that would be cool. And I don't have to like own an airplane or anything. You can get your license and kind of rent to try that. Right. But I thought that would be a cool thing to do. Yeah. He told me stories of like flying over the 4th of July and looking down at the fireworks. That just seems like a cool thing to do. It does. And just like... Just the excitement and coolness of flying an airplane would be. You talk about a splurge, that's where I would be. And even that splurge would be mm-hmm. very doable. Like I said, it's, it's, <laughs> it's still a bucket list for me one way or another. Because right. it's not like I, I need a fleet of airplanes. No. I just need... And like You're where we live, there's a local airport where I think you can still get you can. a time there yep. and get your license. So that's me. I'm going to flip it around. Same question back to you. What would you do? But then also like a splurge. Yeah, I mean... Obviously, the the easy answers for me are I, I would try and still live a pretty modest life. Maybe we'd slightly get nicer vehicles or whatever, but we wouldn't go buy Lamborghinis yeah. or something. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe one. <laughs> Maybe one. But, you know, it's shoring up, you know, retirement savings. You'd sure. be driving a Tesla. Oh, you would be driving I got a Tesla. hooked. You I, would. That's a whole different episode. I know, My but you would be driving a Tesla. A Tesla. Yeah, yeah I but think again, I, that's a I could afford it at that point. But yeah, shoring up, you know, finances and looking for a way to create some sort of generational giving wealth, mm-hmm. you know, where obviously that's more money than any realistic person would have any business spending on their own. I would view that as crazy if you could do that. Yeah, that'd be a so, that'd be like a challenge. Right. Challenge accepted. <laughs> I will spend this all. So I would, you know, if you set it up to have like you could literally set it up to be invested in some sort of trust format where you could fund your church or charities mm. or a whole, you could fund a church yeah. plant somewhere yeah. and do yeah. something crazy. I would stick to like a forever. private foundation is yeah. where you'd be because then you could be a part of that decision-making process, yep. but be able to, yeah, benefiting more than just you and your immediate family. Exactly. So things like that would That's be it. cool, but yeah. also just to have money set so that my kids would have just whatever we needed yep. would, but would not be a question you know, right. hey, you want to go to school? It's already taken care of. Yeah. Or whatever. So those would be some cool things. As a splurge, I would like to buy, like you, property. I think mm-hmm. property is a good thing. I think I could probably swing it. Mm-hmm. You, you get the money. I got the money. You but the money. I think because my wife is a beach lover, mm-hmm. I would try and buy some property on the beach. Oh, yeah. But make it big enough that it can be beach 
and then like a good sized property to have like cabin mm-hmm. and some dirt bike trails Ooh, yeah. and all kinds of stuff. So yeah. a vacation property on the beach, with I think. With some land. With some land. Dirt bike yep. I think yeah. that that would be it. But there you go. Maybe a Rolex. We'll see. That, yeah, a nice watch. Why not? That's not even going to put a dent in it. So anyway, Josh, any other thoughts on things we need to keep in our mind as we're saying, hey, lump sums. What, yeah. what are just things to consider? Yeah. And again, the caveat be most likely you're looking at a smaller lump sum than the mega millions, billion dollars. Yeah. But when you get a unexpected or maybe an expected sum of money, really just being thoughtful in the process. So like we said, the CPA, the attorney, working through talking to your financial advisor about the plan. But then the other thing um, with that is looking at and saying, okay, am I teaching my kids mm-hmm. what to do? Because they're watching, right? If you have kids, they're watching. And what you don't want to do is set the impression that any kind of additional money is just spent, right? right. The habits, the teaching that. So I think, you know, being transparent, if there is a lump sum with maybe some of the family members that are old enough to understand to say, hey, look, we got some extra money and this is what we're planning on doing with it. We're going right. to do this, this, and this, and this is why. I think you could definitely take a lump sum and turn it into a teaching opportunity. Oh, yeah. And that's to me is, you know, for our generation, we're a little more open about finances than some prior generations, mm-hmm. which I think is a good thing. But the idea is, you know, that if you can help them understand if they get in that situation, then they'll also know, okay, I need to start talking to these people and thinking through it. Is you there there's gonna be generational wealth being passed. We're seeing that happening now with the baby boomers starting to retire and the accumulation of wealth they have that mm-hmm. that is going to be passed through. And if there could be some transparency and communication to know kind of what the goals and intent is, then it's less confusion than a, oh, I just found out that I'm going to get a million dollars from my parents and no one's prepared me for this. That's right. the worst thing that you want. Yeah. It's because more often than not, then in a short period of time, Blown. there's zero dollars yeah, left exactly. and there's nothing from all that hard work from the prior generation to show in the next Well, that's, that is the pitfall of the lottery. Is There are a lot of lottery winners yes. and the statistics show that they do very, very poorly yes. at managing it. Mm-hmm. Most people end up in the same or worse financial conditions after they yes. won the lottery than before. Yep. So it's just a cautionary tale, I it think, is. of lump sums and, yeah. and not being prepared yeah. for what to do with that. Yeah. And I think you brought up a good point about your kids is being a teaching opportunity is depending on the amount of lump sum, you could do something so that you and your family have no need to work or think about anything for the rest of your life or their life or all of it. You know, just all it's a trust fund life. You know, you don't need to work, don't need to think, you can just spend money all the time, right? That's a temptation. But I think of something that, you know, Warren Buffett has said with obviously a very wealthy mm-hmm. guy. He's got some money. Got a little bit of money, a little bit even more than that, yeah. than that mega millions. Yeah. But he has really set up his wealth so that his kids are going to get some money but have to have a need to do something, mm-hmm. which gives them some sense of purpose in life yeah. and keeps them from turning into those financially yeah. irresponsible people. Yeah, we have those conversations a lot. Like I, I remember talking to another advisor, and the same thing is you have those generations who, if you're not the one that earned the money, it's less valuable to you. And so if you are the next generation or the third generation to receive those, you I mean, you look at some of those large families, you know, back in the day, like the Rockefellers and mm-hmm. those type of ones. And as that generation moved from the family that the generation that created it down, there was less value in that 
and less desire to preserve and continue that on. Right. And you're right. And it doesn't have to be billions of dollars for that to be true. Is that, you know, if your parents worked really hard and they were able to have something left over to give you and then it's squandered, it's kind of like, okay, what was the point in that whole process if they, there wasn't some education to go along with it on the why? And that I think that's huge. And so one of these things with a lump sum is if you get that, maybe think about creating a letter that explains the hope that this thing continues on. Mm-hmm. And so if the lump sum is big enough where, whether it's inheritance or something that you say, you know what, this is actually going to last beyond my generation. You start educating and preparing the next generation to be good stewards of that right. and moving it forward. Absolutely. So that would be the last one I had when it comes to lump sum. Communication is key, whether it's talking to your CPA or attorney, making sure everybody's on the same page as that. Talking to your financial advisor, making sure that whatever this lump sum fits into your plan. But then finally, communication with the next generation. If your goal is for this to pass through, to make sure they understand the why behind it. Because like I said, if you don't work as hard for it, it's less valuable and you tend to be less attached and squander it. We've seen that a lot in our world. Yep. All right, Josh. Well, thank you for some great thoughts on lump sums and just things to consider because there's a lot of good that can come out of it. There's a lot of bad that can come out of it if you handle it incorrectly. So thank you for those thoughts and thank you for listening to this episode. If you liked this episode or had someone questioning what to do with a lump sum, share this episode with them. This could give them some tips and things to think about. Share with any family and friends that may be interested in that. And as always, as a reminder, you can email us any ideas you have or any questions you have to hello at theinvesteddads.com. We would love to help answer those questions. And hey, we may turn it into a podcast episode. So until next Thursday, thanks for being here. Have a great week. Talk to you later. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Invested Dads podcast. This episode has ended, but your journey towards a better financial future doesn't have to. Head over to theinvesteddads.com to access all the links and resources mentioned in today's show. If you enjoyed this episode and we had a positive impact on your life, leave us a review. Click subscribe and don't miss the next episode. Josh Robb and Austin Wilson work for Hicks and Zerker Capital Management. All opinions expressed by Josh, Austin, or any podcast guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Hicks and Zerker Capital Management. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions. Clients of Hicks and Zerker Capital Management may maintain positions in the securities discussed in this podcast. There is no guarantee that the statements, opinions, or forecasts provided herein will prove to be correct. Past performance may not be indicative of future results. Indices are not available for direct investment. Any investor who attempts to mimic the performance of an index would incur fees and expenses, which would reduce returns. Securities investing involves risk, including the potential for loss of principal. There is no assurance that any investment plan or strategy will be successful.